Okay, hard to believe. Month on month, here we are in June already. Okay, so we're still on Seek to Speak, um, and I'm going to do a briefer recap, which I'm sure most of you will be grateful for. Stuart, you're grateful that it's a shorter recap, aren't you? So uh, Seek to Speak, if we only seek to speak, we'll have nothing to say, okay? But if we seek, if we become seekers who want to speak, then we'll have treasures worth talking about. Proverbs 25.2, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out a matter of the glory of kings. I've heard from some of you that you're quite enjoying that verse. Have you been digging into that, if you pardon the pun? It's a good one. It really is. God is not and is rarely on the surface of things. So if you're going to find out what he's about and where he's going and what he's doing, you're going to need to get your, your shovel out. There was a guy in our small group, if he's listening on podcast, it's nice to hear you, or have you here, um, and he said that he had this, he was in small group, and he hadn't been there for very long, and he kept having this, this uh, vision of having a shovel, I think, and watching, did he have a shovel? I can't remember, but he was watching everybody else digging, and he's going, I think that's for your encouragement. I said, I'm not so sure that it is, I think it's for yours. So we all need to pick up our shovels and, and start digging to find what God's about, but we also want to seek to speak. And this is the bit that for all of us, let's admit it, this is the bit that most of us struggle a little bit with. Am I saying too much? Am I forcing you? Would this be inappropriate? What am I going to do? And we're trying to wrestle with all this in this this series. And what I've always said and still want to communicate is people can and will argue with your theology, but they will not argue with your testimony. So share what God has done for you and how he has loved you. And do not sweep away the fact that God has brought you in front of this person or people to share your story. So let's have a little bit of faith that your story has something that they need to hear. And then we had Mr. Mark Gordon last week who shared with us. He said um, that he was talking about the four outs of outreach. And one of the things that hit me um, that he said was, it's our church and it's our responsibility. And I know for certainly in our small group that was something that hit a number of us that we've got to do this. It's not just about the leadership. We've got to do this. And one of the helpful things he said was, if you think of the traffic lights, let the red be where the Holy Spirit stops you in your daily life, gets your attention. The amber be where, okay, he stopped me. He obviously wants to speak to me. What's the instruction? What do I need to do? And then the green is the go and having the courage and the boldness to be able to take the opportunity. And even sometimes to take the opportunity in one of those stumbly, awkward, don't know how this is going to work. Hey, we're just taking the opportunity. I, um, I think I said this before. I, used, I, I don't like heights. Wouldn't be my favorite thing in the world and would have had a real fear of them. So a number of years ago, I took myself to the Lisburn swimming pool, to the top diving board and launched myself off the top. And I was like, that was so ungraceful really was. It was like, ah! Oh. But I did it. I did it. So in a lot of this stuff, let's get over the fact, why do we think that we're supposed to be going, or we're going to be experts the first time we do something? This takes time, and it takes a bit of courage, and it takes a bit of fumbling and messing it up and getting it wrong to go, let's remember to do that this time and try it that way, but let's make the point of doing it. And yesterday, it was my first weekend off. Yeah! It was wonderful, and I got to be part of uh, Kingdom Streets, and it, it was a great experience. There was such openness with the, the different stores that we went to. Aaron and I, our job was really to put leaflets out. McDonald's took one. Couldn't believe that. But there was loads of people that we said, would you mind taking it? And one lady said, no, we don't really want to do that, but, but we would take a poster if you've got a poster for us. So it was really marked by that. But what I saw clearly is that the more whole that we get 
And the more that we get to know who we are and that we're, um, we're secure and we're significant and we're, what's the other one? Accepted. I was going to say safe. We're all of those three things. The more that we accept those things, we don't come to the table with all of our shoulds, our inadequacies, our insecurities. I've got to manipulate this. I'm a bad Christian if I don't get somebody to pray with or to become a Christian. It's not about that. We're about a long-term relationship. What I realize is that we're not about planting a garden. We want to plant a forest. A garden will last for a season. It'll look beautiful for a time, but a forest will last for centuries. Yes and amen. You don't have to be a gardener to get that one, surely. Okay, so if you get the opportunity and you're free on a Saturday morning, it's the first Saturday in the month, Mark, isn't it? Um, come and speak to Mark to find out more about it or anybody else who was on the team. What amazed me also was the amount of food that the, these guys ate before they actually go out. I mean, I couldn't walk after. I had a cup of coffee and they were looking at me like, <laughs> first timer. <laughs> As some of them, the plates were this kind of size. And I said, what's the point of this? Is it that we eat or that we minister? And Mark went, it's both. (laughs) So this week for me, I I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes I will be going along a series or something that I'm learning. And it feels like you're trying hard and you're trying hard or you're, you're just going through it. And then there are moments when it just starts to click and it starts to make sense and there's little moments of breakthrough. And this week's been pretty spectacular for me and for, for us. And yesterday, I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but yesterday Claire and I had an experience that really impacted us about being available for somebody. Um, What is it they say that man may be the head, but the woman is the neck? And we had seen a situation unfold, and we were about to drive away, and we both saw the individual that had been involved in it, and they looked troubled. And Claire said, do you think we should go over? And I said, I do. And she said, so do I. So we went over and had some opportunity. And... Um, I got to play the pastor card. It was fantastic. It was like putting on the collar before you go into the hospital. Woman on her own, pretty vulnerable. Um, Claire was there. She, Claire in her wisdom said, drive up close so that she can see that you're a family man and I'm in the car and the kids are here so you're, you're safer. And I said, hi there. I said, look, I'm a pastor of a local church and we just saw what happened there. Could, can I get in your car and chat with you about it? And she said, you can. And we talked for a little bit. Claire was involved. We got opportunity to pray with her. And at the end of it, she said, where's your church? We miss it. We don't need to say the things that we need to say. We need to show people that we genuinely care. We genuinely love. It's not about this highfalutin super spirituality that none of us can get a handle on. Highfalutin super spirituality is you look at somebody and you say, I love you, and they say, I know you do. One of the most special times in our marriage is whenever I've said to Claire, I really love you, and she said, I know. Isn't it? because I'm doing something right. So we don't have to get out our Bibles and go, saw this situation unfold there here. If you really knew the Lord, you wouldn't have done that situation. And you know, obviously you're experiencing some guilt there. You might need to want to let that settle for a while. And after a bit of time, when you realize that you are just a sinner, um, and that's how things are, you're just going to have to square up to that fact that you're always going to get it wrong. And really, let's hope in the Bible that after Jesus maybe did what he said he would do, and it has a possible effect, and that our lives might get better after we're dead. All right, love? Hi there, I saw that. I'm really sorry that that happened. Can we help you? Is there anything we could do? Are you all right? Do you need us to do anything for you? We've been in situations like that before. It's really not nice. Do you feel like this? I really do. It'll go away. It's okay. Tell me, where's your church? 
I was walking through Tesco's this week and I wasn't really thinking about the message, but obviously the message was thinking about me. And I walked uh, into Tesco's and this guy walked straight past me. And in that moment, I felt this, oh my goodness. Oh, Oh, that guy's in pain. He really is struggling. Oh my goodness. Have you ever had that? You had those moments? Somebody walks towards you and you're not trying to work up anything and God sucker punches you in the stomach with a little bit of compassion, a little bit of something that this is actually what's going on. Now, I'd love to tell you that I went over and I said, excuse me, are you struggling a little bit? You probably were going, wing nut, are you one of those born again Christians, are you? I walked on because I didn't think that actually it was about him and prayed for him, not to him, but about him and walked on. But that process and that experience was about me and what he wants to start to uncover in me. I saw him, but until that moment, I didn't really see him. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we've been going on this journey of learning to love ourselves, not in the sense that we are better than everybody else, but there's a lot of joy to be had in being me. God loves me and I need to accept that he loves me and he created something wonderful and beautiful and he says that I'm good and I need to live that out. But we're supposed to be able to love others, love our neighbors the way we love ourselves, but first of all that we love God with all our heart and our soul and our minds and our strength. How on earth can we love anybody unless we actually see them? Compassion caused me to see him and compassion caused me to see what God sees. If you remember in the story of Samuel the prophet, when he was called by the Lord to go and anoint the new king, God revealed a little bit of gold about he views, how he views things. This is 1 Samuel sixteen six to 7 When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and said, Surely here before the Lord is the anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see as a man sees, for he sees the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. And naturally, people, we do not see as God sees. It requires a process. It requires a paradigm leap from one way of doing things to another. And it, ladies and gentlemen, is another death to self. I didn't see that guy. When God hit me with compassion, I saw that guy. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17. Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. For our light and temporary affliction is producing for us an eternal glory that far outweighs our troubles. Though our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day by day. Now, why am I quoting this verse? Well, I saw his outer self, right? What God let me experience was his inner self. We want to be a people who are looking with both sets of eyes. We're looking at you and seeing, does he look healthy? And we're going in the spirit, where's he at? Now, he's not going to do that if your heart is about, I just want information. I'm the guy that gives me all the skinny on where you're at. I know where you're at. And we use that against people. But if our hearts are that we want to love, that we want to care for, and we know how to use the information that the Lord's given us, he will entrust it to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. 
Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Has anybody else discovered that? He does not do things the way we do them. When we look at circumstances, we'll go, that's not going to work out. That's not how it is. If it's God, it's going to work out a heck of a lot better than you could ever imagine because he sees the whole picture. And this is transformational thinking. Romans 12, 2, anybody quoted off wrote yet? Anybody going to take the challenge? Okay. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You cannot see what God wants you to do without having your mind renewed. You cannot see what God wants to do with you or with others unless you have your mind renewed. Cannot be done. I saw that guy. Then I saw that guy. I could have come up to him and I could have said, hey, how's your day going? Is it all right? After that piece of information, if I'd had um, opportunity to minister to him, I would have said, look, um, this is a bit weird, but um, I be- I'm a Christian and I believe that God speaks and I've just experienced this. Are you in pain? He may stonewall me. I may have got it completely wrong. At that point, I don't care whether I'm getting it wrong. I'm exercising faith. And whether I've got it wrong or not, it delights God. My heart's right. If I've got it wrong, that guy knows that somebody cares about him enough to interrupt his life and say, are you okay? And if I'm right, if I'm right, maybe that guy was going home to kill himself. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe it was just another day where he's just sucking up life. Who knows? But what I do know is that God loves him, that he was communicating to me that he was in pain, and there was opportunity there for me. The God of compassion. Psalm 56, verse 8, you keep track of all my sorrows, you've collected all my tears in your bottle, you've recorded each one in your book. What does that tell you about him? Psalm 145, verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Let's talk about the call of compassion. Matthew 29, 34. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them, told them to be quiet, and they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped them and called, What do you want me to do for you? Now, that's a whole other message series. You need to be whole to be able to answer that question. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Compassion invites us to partner with the Spirit in demonstrating the love of God to others and releasing the kingdom here on earth. Compassion is a doorway of opportunity. And here's a hidden thing I want to uncover for you. Before you walk through the door, do you feel like you have what you need? I have never, ever felt like I have what I need before I walk through the door. Am I on my own? But I know enough now that if I walk through the door, the process of walking through the door is going to cloak me in everything that I need. And that is for you. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, at the invitation of the Spirit, you're going to have it. 
So what we get to do is we just walk in. And as we walk, uh, Iron Man. Have you seen Iron Man? Don't condone everything in that movie, but have you seen Iron Man? Any ladies in here seen Iron Man? Great stuff. Well, there's a scene in Iron Man where he's walking along and he hits a button and his armor just comes, zoomf, and the suit comes right on him. It's exactly the same. It's a physical example of a spiritual reality. I'm walking about in my, day, in my day, if the Spirit, to use Mark's analogy, if the Spirit puts a red light up, I'm going, okay, something's going on here. What are you doing? Over there, son. Over I go. At that moment, the armor and everything that I need to equip me for that moment in time comes. Try me in this. And you're not trying me, you're trying him. All right? Next time, will you do it? Come on, let's get this. Will you do it? The next time, Shirley's doing it. She's waving a tissue in there. Oh, Lordy. Oh, I hear the pastor. He's speaking to me. Oh, the Lord. Oh, I'm wearing yellow because the love is in my life. So the next time that this happens, right, it's going to happen. You can stick your head in the sand. You keep coming to church. We're teaching on seeking to speak for opportunities. He's going to give you opportunities. The next time that it happens, right, you can say, he told me, to exercise a little bit of faith, it doesn't feel like it's going to work out. But the next time, why don't you try it? Have the Iron Man picture inside your head, walking along, the armor comes, you have everything that you need, walk into the circumstance, stay at peace, and you will get it done. And they will walk away blessed, you will walk away blessed, and as Claire and I discovered yesterday, we as a family will walk away blessed. I want to give you a snapshot and I want you to hear me testify. I am not uh, bragging. I really am telling you what happened. So I got back into the car and Claire said to me, do you know what, he was, what Isaac was doing? And uh, I said, no. And she said, well, when he saw that happen, he said, Anna, let's pray. So they're praying. Claire and I are in the situation. I'm getting to do the stuff. I don't have a business card. Epic feel. Claire finds a business card for me. I'm a con- Anna found a business card for me. Um, I left it into the car. Then when we got home, now this is not, I'm, look, don't do this about, this is just the pastor's kids. We didn't try to make this happen. Anna then walks into the room and says, I've got gifts for, some gifts for each of you. And I thought, it's bedtime. Really? Really? I just want to get you down to sleep so that I can relax for a little bit. Then she said, Daddy, um, Here's a, a, so I opened this up and it's this balloon, balloon pump. And she said, that's for you. She said, you pump people up with God's love until they're full. Then she said, here's my watch. Um, That's for you. And that watch is about the fact that you're always on time when God needs you. And she gave Isaac a little football and she said to him, you're strong and you're going to be a warrior and you're going to be famous from the day of your birth. And she said, to your mummy, what did she say to you? <laughs> Can you remember? It was something about, and you said, I know that about me, love, thank you. She gave me one glove. She gave me one glove, and she said, it sounds rare when you said that bit. But she said, um, you're really good at warming people's hearts. You're really good at warming people's hearts. We, look, I'm, I'm, I am, lit- this is just testimony. It is not about, oh, look at them. Please don't do that. We stepped into something. We stepped into the Spirit. And because we stepped into the Spirit, the implications of that was it was on our children. If we sin, the, same, the other spirits that we say yes to are on our children. 
Mm, Lordy, there's a preacher in there somewhere. Compassion is a doorway. Before you walk through the door, you don't have what you need. When you walk through the door, you're clothed in exactly what you need. You need to know that God has a habit of doing this and you will feel unequipped, but you need to get to know the equipper. He will give you everything that you need. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding because you don't know everything. We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, the cost of comparison. It's inconvenient. If God's going against your agenda, it's going to be very frustrating. Got that t-shirt. God calls us to die to ourselves and that is the only place from which we're going to find true life. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. For that small moment of inconvenience for about 10 or 15 minutes where we moved the car into that car park to talk to that lady, that was life that came into our home. You can go to me, oh, it's too hard. You know what's harder? Dying in your sins. Cost of discipleship is nothing compared to the cost of not being discipled. The cost of not doing the thing that we're called to do is far more than the thing that we are called to do. Okay, the catalyst of compassion. How are we doing? Doing all right? Good. The catalyst of compassion. Dictionary defines uh, a catalyst as, a ke- as for chemistry, a substance that causes or accelerates a chemical reaction without itself being affected. Or something that causes activity between two or more persons or forces without itself being affected. Or a person or thing that precipitates an event or a change. Compassion is an opportunity that we are given. The Greek word is splagistnomai. Sounds like I just hit reverse. Couldn't even do that again if you paid me. That word uh, means the inward parts. It's a bit gross, this. Especially the noble entrails, the hearts, lungs, livers, and kidneys. These gradually came to denote the seat of the, of the affections. So when I was telling you that guy walks past and I get the, oh my goodness, it's compassion. Compassion is not a, oh, Nathan, oh, Nathan. I'm sorry. Compassion is. You're really in pain. I'm so sorry. Compassion is an opportunity we're given, and you've got to choose what you're going to do with that. I have never ministered more powerfully than when before I am moved by compassion. If I come to minister to somebody or they come to me for ministry and I get a sucker punch of compassion, you watch out. Not because it's me, because I am yielded to him. There was this old lady years ago that I ministered to and um, we were sitting and it just came to the dentist. Was, he was speaking and then he released us to minister. And as I came over to her and I was praying for her, uh, I saw the soup, the, the big uh, saucepans of soup that she had made for people and the scones and the cakes that she would given to people. I just could see them. And as I said that, it broke me in two. I was busted by it. We walk by faith and not by sight. This is not about my standards, it's about his. 
and he was delighted with his daughter. And I often find when I'm ministering to older people, God will show me them probably between six to ten years old. Because inwardly, that's who they are. It's not the body on the outside. That feels and goes away. God cares about the individual and she loves him. And therefore the promise in scripture is that she's being renewed day by day by day. Inside she's Benjamin Button. And I said to her, he sees you as this lovely little girl with pigtails twirling around and he wants to say thank you for all of the soups that you've made, for all the time that you've spent because you've done it out of love and that breaks his heart. So thank you from him. Wasn't there a verse, Matthew 21, 1-6, looking up, he saw the rich people putting their gifts into the treasury and he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins and he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in proportionally more than all of them for they all put in gifts from their abundance but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. The joy of this is that I get to minister to her. She gets to know that she's loved by him and that there's a, there's a witness. I am a, I am a witness in the spirit at that moment to what she's done. God never does anything without a witness. Never. I'm witnessing to what she had done. I get the joy of experiencing that and becoming myself because when I yield to compassion, I become more me. Let me read this quote. Alexander McLaren, he was a Baptist minister in Scotland in the late 1800s. He said, kindness makes a person attractive. If you would win the world, melt it. Do not hammer it. Does it work well for you when someone comes at you with a hammer? Or does it work well for you when you know that they love you? that they care for you and they tell you it's going to be all right. I've had that they find the experiences that melt me. I'm won over by his heart and then those I'm ministering to experience the same. It flows through us onto them. It flows through us onto them. Can we do one of those Creflo Dollar moments where we all say, with me, it flows through us onto them. You need to take personal ownership of this stuff. It flows from you, Lisa, Onto them. Not for everybody else. Your heart is full of compassion. And sometimes it's hurt you more than you would like. But it's a call on your life. So will you let him move you from compassion? And I know you hate me doing this. But hear what the Spirit says to you. It's an invitation for you today. Okay? Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, John 7, 38, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Who does it flow onto? Flows onto them. It doesn't have its origin within us, but if you've asked him to live in you, he's in you and it flows out of you like a fountain of life. So let the river flow from within you. Don't be a reservoir. Jesus was moved with compassion. So I'm going to read out some of these. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. <clears throat> Kicked. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Matthew 15, 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me for three days and had nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. 
Matthew 18, 27, Jesus told the parable, the servant's master took pity on him, was moved by compassion and canceled the debt and let him go. Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, immediately they received their sight and they followed him. Can you see what's going on here? Moved by compassion, power of the spirit. Mark 1, 41, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And that there is the same word for compassion. Mark 6, 34, when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And let me read this one to you. This is the parable of the prodigal son. Luke 15, 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him, moved by compassion. So where does compassion move you to? It's a catalyst. In and of itself, it's an experience. Do you think it's just an experience? Or is it about being moved to? It could have said Jesus felt compassion for the people, but he withdrew to a quiet place. Every time Jesus was moved with compassion, and therefore he. Where does compassion move you to? Are you afraid of where it might move you to? Let me read you this from Isaiah 58. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday sun, moved by compassion. Compassion is the spark that lights the flame of love. Compassion prepares the way for the Spirit of the Lord. Compassion prepares us for the flow of power. And the power of the kingdom is entrusted to those who have the heart of the king. The power of the kingdom is entrusted to those who have the heart of the king. You can say whatever words you want to me, but I want to know if you have the heart of the king. And when you do, ooh, Lordy, he can trust you then. Love is not a feeling. Can I ask you guys to stand or to begin? Love is not a philosophy. Love is not some impossible standard that we read at the start of every marriage to scare the living daylights out of those who are marrying each other and are well aware of the faults that they have. Love is possible. Love is powerful. Love is a person, and that person always, always acts. Could I ask you to stand with me? So let me ask you do you want to be moved by compassion? Would you like to take the opportunity that compassion gives you? And by that I mean not just that he has created a circumstance for you to walk into. He has imparted his heart to you for the circumstance so you can walk into it in the right way, with the right tone of voice, with the right look on your face, with the right heart and attitude. And 
finally, would you like to be bolder in sharing Jesus? If you can answer yes, and even if you can't and you just want some ministry, please come and join me now at the front. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us today. And we know that this stuff is exactly where it's at. The compassion of the King with the desire to expand his kingdom, not of hatred, but of love. So will you come now, Holy Spirit? Will you increase your presence among us as we worship you?